Um, praise the Lord. We'll go ahead and start. I feel a working of His Spirit tonight. I've been feeling it, and I know others have. Turn me down just a little bit, Brother Philip. I feel like I'm a blowout here. Hallelujah. Let's just reach to Him for a couple minutes. Hallelujah, hallelujah for that working of His Spirit. Hallelujah, God, you work in us, Jesus. Work in us, God, work in us, work in us, God. I need that working of Your Spirit, Lord. God, change us, Lord, change us, Lord, change us. God, I know I need help. God, I know my mind gets so locked up, Jesus, and it gets so carnally locked up, God, it frustrates me sometimes, God, open my mind, God, open the eyes of our understanding, God, give us eyes to see, God, our ears to hear, our heart to understand, God, work in our spirits, work in our spirits, work in our spirits, hallelujah, oh, Lord, we're going to rest in you, Jesus, I trust you, God, I trust you, Hallelujah. I tell you, I trust him. I trust him. I trust him. I trust him. He's called this meeting. He's called us together. It's going to be okay, Justin. It's going to be all right. He's going to open it up to us. We don't have to fret. We don't have to worry. I'm a worrier sometimes. You know, I get frustrated. Am I getting it, God? Because I feel like I'm not, but it's all right. We can't get it till he opens it up to us. Hallelujah. And I feel that working of His Spirit. I feel it and I'm so encouraged in that because without it, nothing's going to happen. It's nothing going to happen. And we're not going to take a long time tonight because I know Brother Meadow will be ready here in just a little bit. And I want to just, you know, when you feel that stirring and that churning of His Spirit just to just yield ourselves over to it, submit to it. I don't really know what all words to use, you know, but let it happen. Let it happen. Just let it happen. And I was talking there with Sister Pat for a moment, and I was just reminded back of some times that that I've asked, you know, through the years that I've asked uh, Brother Metter questions, you know, and just how, and uh, and he'd preach, and I and afterwards he'd say, you know, did you get that? And I was like, yeah. You know, because you want to get it, but you, you get it to the level that you can, but you know there was still something out there but that's all right because he'll bring it to you later i think sister pat was saying she was just out and about today and just things started coming to her and her understanding i've had that happen driving down the road the lord would just drop it in you and you're like i get it i get it i get it so that patience that patience and not i felt that frustration of the enemy warring maybe only me but I still expose it. I cannot stand a warfare of the enemy, and if God gives me liberty, I will expose it because I feel I'm no different than anybody else. So if I wore it, chances are others are going to wore it. Maybe not everybody, but somebody will. So don't be frustrated. Just relax in him. I just was thinking of the Scripture. says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Joshua only knew Moses. As his, that's what he knew as the, the leader, his leader and type of leadership. And when Moses died, he had to go a whole new way. He, had, he never saw the pillar of cloud again. He never saw the pillar of fire again because it was gone. It was gone. He had to find God in that whole new way, and that's kind of scary sometimes. But I'm game. 
I'm game. I am adventuresome in that regard. I'm game because I want all that God has. I want all that God has for us. And I'm, I'm really encouraged. I thank everybody for their prayers for our family last night that we got a very good report today. And I'm so thankful and I appreciate everybody that stood with us. And either way, God, I was going to be thankful because I know God has all things in his hands. He just happened to give us a report that sounds good even to the natural ear today. You know, there was no cancer found and the procedure that, it, that went on as planned. And God's working, and that is God's working. God's working, 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 working. He's working. And I'm just going to stop here for just a minute. I'm just going to wait a few more minutes on the Lord and see how He wants us to go. If, um, like I said, I, we said this wasn't going to be a regular meeting so we're going to just kind of feel it out here but i feel that working of his spirit so let's pause just a minute and reach to him hallelujah lord i thank you for a spirit of unity god i thank you for a spirit of unity god i bind every frustrating force every aggravating force that the enemy would bring in every spirit of confusion no spirit of confusion is of god it's ev it's an evil work it's an evil force, God, and I thank you for putting your spirit against it and standing against it, God, and I thank you for knitting this body together. God, you're knitting this body together piece by piece, stitch by stitch, yarn by yarn. You're knitting us together in your love, God, and in the unity of your spirit. God, not in the unity of man, but in the unity of your spirit. Hallelujah. God, I feel that stillness of your spirit moving in. God, I want to honor it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. It's in your presence that changes us, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I know he doesn't have a fiery charged up thing going on tonight, but I feel that stillness. I feel that stillness of the working of His Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Let's be patient. Just a few more minutes. God, prepare the ground of my heart. God, prepare the ground of my heart. God, prepare it. God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, do you love Him? Do you love Him? Do you love Him? I just, man, I feel Him tonight. I feel Him tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, the knowledge of the kingdom is, the, I'll go back to the example of Moses. The, the knowledge that brings you up to the kingdom is not the same knowledge that takes you into the kingdom. It took Moses' knowledge to bring them up to, but Joshua and Caleb were the ones that had to take them into and to possess. And so we have to kind of remember, I do, I have to remember that sometime, that the knowledge... To bring it up, up to the kingdom. It in the same. I think that goes back to what the Lord spoke a few weeks ago about fighting differently. It's a different battle now. It's a different warfare. Amen. Hallelujah. Sister Kathy, just come right quick and uh, bring Brother Metter on and just share what has the Lord's been dealing with you. And, uh, and then Brother Metter will be coming on out. Or we'll see what the Lord would choose. I'll put it that way. I'm afraid to get started. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
I am so humbled tonight. Last night I I went to bed and the enemy tormented me in my sleep. Bizarre, horrible stuff. My baby brother who's been gone almost two years, I saw him set himself on fire. And I was trying to put the fire out. And just I'm, I'm talking about horrible, bizarre stuff that you know was a direct attack from the enemy. It, it was nothing that could serve any good purpose whatsoever. It was a tormenting um, that came directly from the enemy. And I woke up this morning and I was supposed to start training someone on my job and my system kept going in and out and in and out and in and out and I, we couldn't figure it out and there was much chaos and confusion and long story short, it was a cord that had been plugged in for two years that was loose. Really? <laughs> really? And I got this headache and I was so sick on my stomach and the light hurt my eyes and I was an hour late getting to the point where I could train this girl and I, I, I got enough about me to rebuke the headache and God stepped in and eventually the headache did ease off and I, I got clear-headed about that. And I never did eat. And so about 1.30, I finally took my lunch break and went to the kitchen and began to make me a peanut butter sandwich. And all of a sudden, fear came out of nowhere and just grabbed my spirit. And I was standing there weak from not eating yet. And I could hear my pastor say, the things that you have received victory over, the things that you think you've overcome, those spirits that you, you know that you fought and won, they're going to come back to you. And they're going to try you again. And I said, oh, no, you're not, devil. <laughs> Something rose up in me, Aunt Pat. I said, no, devil, we're not going there again. This monkey won't dance with me tonight or today. And I began to tell the devil he better get out of my face and he better go back to that place under my feet where God Almighty put him over 2,000 years ago that I knew who I was in Christ, that I had authority over him, that Christ had already fought that battle and won and gave me authority that I had that right. And he would listen to me and go back to his place. And I cannot tell you what happened to me next except that the Holy Spirit came down into me in such a way that I have never had in my life. Such a power, Sister Deborah, overcame me. All I could do was shake from the top of my head to the soles of my feet and cry and stutter. I couldn't even speak in tongues. All I could do was stutter and cry and stand there, Sister Lisa. I couldn't move and I was still mid-stroke with the peanut butter in my sandwich, trying to make a sandwich, and all I could do was tremble and cry, and the power was so strong, I didn't know what to do or how to do. And finally, at some point, I dropped the spoon in my hand, and I made my way to the living room, and I fell to my knees at the feet of Jesus. 
And I just cried and stuttered and shook for I don't know how long. And Philip came in the house at some point and I looked up at him and I just fell back again into the arms of Jesus and began to cry and stutter and shake. And at some point, about five minutes before I was supposed to return to work, I was able to stop crying long enough to dry my face and try to get myself together, make the sandwich and get back to my desk. But I am telling you that some years ago, this girl, it's not about me, okay? But this girl made her way to Fort Payne, Alabama. And she sat down in a church and this man began to preach a word. And I was so full of myself and didn't know it. I had pride and I had much religion and I had not really a lot of teaching really as it goes like a lot of people who come up in church and they're so indoctrinated. Really, I wasn't that indoctrinated. I just, I had just what really I had learned in adult life and and the Lord had called me to preach and I was trying to do what I thought was right and, and follow God. But a lot had been laid on me early in my commitment to God. And I had done the very best with it, Sister Lisa, that I knew at the time to do. But I was so broken by that point. So broken and dysfunctional. And I sat there in that church and listened to this man. And I believed him to be a man of God. But there was some things I wasn't sure about that he said. There was much in me I wasn't sure about if it was real or not, Sister Susie. There was so much I didn't know what was true, Aunt Pat, what wasn't. But I did know that Jesus was real. I did know that that Bible was real. I did know that Jesus paid for my sins and that he had called me to preach. And those were really about the only things I was really sure of. Really and truly. You know what fishing is? You ever been fishing in the little balls? What do they call those? Floats that go on the end of the line. Okay. You ever seen uh, anybody out there fishing and a fish will bite and that float will bob down and it'll come back up. And the fish will bite again and it'll bob down and come back up. And you just keep watching and you got to wait. And when it goes down and it stays down, you jerk that thing and you've caught yourself a fish. I know that much. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was that fish on the end of the line. And that preacher man would stand up there and unbeknown to anybody in that congregation in Alabama, he would talk about something. He would answer a question that I had prayed three years before and asked God, okay, why? Why can Abraham walk and talk with you and you talk back to Abraham and he can have that kind of relationship with you and I can't? What changed? Why can't I do that? How come it don't work for me? Why can't I have that kind of relationship? He'd preach on it. Whoop, bob her down, bob her up. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'd come back to Georgia. Okay, I think I'll go back again. Next service. Sister Kathy, stand up. Lord spoke to me about you. Wow, lay hands on me. And he'd pray and he'd speak a word to me. And it'd be something I'd been dealing with or something I'd ask God about or something I needed. Or maybe it was just instruction. 
And I didn't have anything. And I didn't know what to do or where to go or who to ask or what to turn to. And it'd be simple instruction. And because I had nothing else, I grabbed hold. At least it was a direction, Brother Justin, that I could go in. It was something that I could hold on to. Bob her down. <laughs> Bob her up. <laughs> Hallelujah. He had me again. One more bite. And I kept going back. And I kept going back. And I kept going back. And at some point... The bobber went down and it didn't come back up. Hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost jerked that line and he reeled her on in. Praise God. And here I am. Bless the Lord. God did something in me today. I don't know what he did. There's a power. There's a change. And I can tell you on my knees, when I finally got to hit my knees again, I wanted to be on my knees so bad all day today, Sister Susie. Wanted to be on my knees so bad, but I had to finish my job. Hallelujah. And I was crying out to God. Sister Lisa, it's because I was fearful. Not in a, not in a bad way, but a reverence. God, this is a power I don't know. This is a power I've never had before, God. I don't want to. I don't want to misuse it. I don't want to step over it. I don't want to step under it. I, I don't want to misuse it. I don't want to be disrespectful of it, God. This is strong. This is something I've never had before. I am telling you, God is a God of His Word. This Word is real. It is true. It is coming to pass. And if He'll visit me, I am nobody. I am nothing. Nothing. I have made more mistakes than... Probably than all of y'all put together. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm talking spiritually. Made more mistakes. Hallelujah. But he's given me opportunity after opportunity. He loved me enough to give me somebody to teach me something. Do I understand all of it? Not yet. Hallelujah. But there's understanding if you want it. There's understanding if you're willing to give it a chance. There is understanding. And what you don't understand, you just receive God. And let the understanding wait. It'll come. It'll come. It'll come. Just receive God. Hallelujah. That's what I told him today, Sister Lisa. God, I just receive you. Please change me. I'm no good, God. I'm no good. I'm nothing. Change me so that I can be whatever it is you want me to be. It's not about my plan or agenda. I want to be what you want me to be, God. Change me. Help me. Give me understanding. Something happened to me today. Something has changed in me. Have I arrived? No. <laughs> no, but I'm on my way. Oh, I'm on my way. Look out. Thank you, Lord. I'm on my way. Hallelujah. Please come with me. <laughs> come with me on the journey. Hallelujah. Because it's real. And the things that our pastor is telling us, they're true. Hallelujah. And when he tells you to be prepared, 
that something such and such may happen or such and such may come. Watch for it. Understand. And when it happens, I heard it so clear, Sister Lisa. That's that, that very spirit, that very thing that you believe you've got victory over, it's going to come back. It's going to attack you again. I knew it. I was prepared, Sister Susie. And I immediately rose up against it. Now, what would have happened had I said, Oh, yeah, right. Well, oh, dear. What am I going to do? I'd have sunk. You see, it's like I told Philip. You have to know who you are. Pastor said it last night. In Christ, you have to know what your authority is. And you have to take authority over it. If I'd have kept my mouth shut, I'd have been sinking tonight. You have to stand up. And you have to fight. And that's why we're here this week. To learn who we are. And to learn how to fight. Amen. Will you make our pastor welcome? Anybody excited about what God's doing? I am. And, you know, I was telling you last night, and Sister Susie, I gave you the, on June the 11th, how God visited me. Well, the Lord took me back out yesterday afternoon, and I saw that, but I've been meditating on, on that all day. God visited me again. It wasn't that visitation God took me into. God visited me again yesterday because He spoke something different to me. And I was telling my wife this evening when we left to come to church, I said, I don't know what God done. I said, but I saw myself standing on the right-hand side of the universe. And I saw all the planets and everything out there. And that's what God showed me on June the 11th. But this time, the word of the Lord came to me and said, The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And I felt a power come over me that whatever I'd have said at that time, God would have done it. I could have spoke to them planets and something would have happened. That's how real this word is that God's revealing. There's an authority and a dominion of God that we have no idea what's fixing to happen. I will tell you by the word of God out of 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, the ninth verse, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, and neither has it entered into your heart the things that God hath prepared for them that love Him, for them that wait upon Him. But God's going to reveal them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches the deep things of God. And why I got into what I got into last night is because you need to know that's where God created man. God created man in that immortality and that authority and that dominion and that's where man's going back. The people that really walk with God and possess this kingdom, they're going back. They're going back. There's a scripture in, uh, I can't remember whether it's First or Second Timothy, but it says, And Jesus Christ has brought to life life and immortality through the gospel. My soul just ain't going to live with God forever. He's going to live in here. Y'all hear me? He's going to live in here. 
I don't plan on going through the grave. You say, you're crazy. Well, you know what I tell people? I tell them, hide and watch. Just wait and see. I've had people, Sister Deborah, for 40-something years tell me I've missed it and I was messing up and I didn't know what I was talking about. I said, well, just watch and just see who's standing when the smoke clears. I'm still standing. There's a lot of people that ain't. Am I boasting in Christ? Because I know in whom I believe. I know in whom I believe. I know what He's revealed to me. And God revealed something to me yesterday that I still don't know the entirety of it. But I know there was a power in that visitation come on me. If I'd have spoke to one of them planets, it would have been obedient to the voice of the Lord inside of me. If I'd have spoke to any of it, anything in that universe at that time, the Word of God that come out of my mouth, they would have had to obey it. You say, you believe, I know it. I don't just only believe it. I know it. Hallelujah. And I'm going to read one scripture out of Ephesians. The first chapter, if y'all want to jot this down, it's not what I'm going to preach on, but I, I, I felt like the Lord dropped it in my spirit. And it's the 17th verse. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of His glory of His inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power? See, there's a, there's a power toward us. There's an exceeding greatness of His power toward us. And there's something working inside the people that are hungry for God. There's something working. There's a, there's a great power of God working inside of people that are hungry for God. It's here, it's working, it's doing things. What's it doing? It's purging and getting uncleanness and getting flesh and getting filth out of you so you can be a habitation of God by the Spirit. Does anybody believe you're the temple of God? You believe you're the temple of the Holy Ghost? Well, let me tell you something. God's going to live in you in a full measure. He's going to get the dirt out of you. Any of y'all ever rent a house and go look at it? <laughs> and then you go down to the store and you get the mop, the broom, the dustpan, the Clorox, the Lysol. The <laughs> and you go back and you scrub it down because you ain't about moving that filth. Well, let me tell you something. God fixing to scrub us down because <laughs> He ain't going to move in over our junk. I believe there's an earnest of the Spirit of God that dwells here. But He ain't going to leave me like I am. Not if He's he going to live here. Amen. He'll wash you down good. And if He ain't satisfied with you, He'll go get the paint. <laughs> the brush, the roller. If that don't do it, He'll tear you apart and remodel you. <laughs> I tell you, I'd just about rather God just remodel me. 
Amen. Just get me where he wants me to be. And I'm going to talk to y'all tonight, as long as the Lord will lead me, on this gospel of the kingdom. Because I don't know anything else. I honest before the Lord don't know anything else other than the gospel of the kingdom. And when I didn't know what the kingdom was, I preached the kingdom of God. Because I've always preached salvation, faith, deliverance, and healing. I always have. Ever since God called me to preach, that's what I preached. And I've seen people's lives changed. I ain't never preached a dead gospel. and ain't going to start now. But I want you to open your Bibles with me to the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark. And if you want to jot this down, if you'll pay attention, every scripture I read is going to talk about either the gospel of the kingdom or the preaching of the kingdom or talking about the kingdom. Everything I, I ever, about every scripture I read tonight is going to have something in it pertaining to the kingdom of God. And I read this one last night, and I told you all I'll be repeating these scriptures. Verse 14. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came in Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Hallelujah. Go back with me to Matthew the fourth chapter. And I'm going to the 23rd verse. Y'all with me? Nobody with me? Anybody with me? Everybody with me? Somebody with me? Okay. <laughs> I want y'all to read this. I don't want you to take my word for this. I want you to read it. And I want you to study it. Verse 23 of Matthew chapter 4. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all the sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had palsy and he healed them. And there followed him a great multitude of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. Now the Lord spoke to me back in April, I believe it was, uh, and told me, when I come in in 72, I heard a message about Jesus, the Lamb of God. And it touched thousands of lives. And the church I went to when I got saved, there was about 100 and 150 young people that we was in that church almost constantly around the clock, fasting and praying and seeking God. There was something struck a cord of hunger inside of us. And the Lord spoke to me back in April and said what the Lamb of God message done in the 70s the kingdom of God message is fixing to do now and it's fixing to draw people like it did to Jesus. The kingdom of God 
Message is a message of power. You're going to see in these scriptures everywhere I read that the kingdom of God was preached, devils was cast out. The sick was healed, the blind seen, the deaf heard, the lame walked, and the dumb talked, and people were healed of all manner of diseases and afflictions because the gospel of the kingdom is a gospel of power. It's a gospel of power. It's not just preaching. It's demonstration. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, he said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. I didn't come to you with great swelling words. He said, but I came to you in the demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost that your faith might not stand in the wisdom of men, but your faith might stand in the power of God. It's hard to find ministries anywhere that the power of God's working with them. They can preach you some good word. They can preach a whole lot better than I ever thought about preaching. But they ain't got that demonstration. And Paul said, I came in the demonstration. People don't need preaching. They need delivering. Amen? They need delivering. Matthew the ninth chapter. And I hope y'all get a hold of this because I'm going to tell you something. This has been my life for going on 44 years now. Preaching nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified and the stripes and the blood and the name and seeing people get healed and delivered. That's the kingdom. Jesus said, if I come unto you, He said, and I cast out devils by the finger of God, the kingdom of God's come nigh unto you. Is that not what the Word says? said, if I, if I come to you and you see devils cast out, you see folks healed, you see folks delivered, said, then the kingdom of God's come nigh to you. Hallelujah. And I used to preach that, that the kingdom of God had come nigh to folks. Didn't even know what I was saying. I had no idea what the kingdom was at that time. Never heard the gospel of the kingdom until 1987, and God began to open my understanding of what it was. I'm going to tell you, you preach this word, you stay with the word, and somewhere God will open the fullness of it to you. Amen? Verse 35 in Matthew 9. And Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Y'all see that? He didn't heal part of them. He healed every one of them. He healed every sickness and every disease. I had a lady come to uh, one of my meetings over in Mississippi. I prayed for a man in that meeting. He was uh, from a Catholic background, and he had rheumatoid arthritis in his legs and his hips real bad. had to walk on a cane. And his wife persuaded him to come to church that night, and he told her, he said, if that preacher ain't through by 9 o'clock, he said, I'm gone. So he was sitting on a bench in the back, leaning on that cane, and I started preaching. 9 o'clock came, he sat there. 9.30 came, he sat there. 10 o'clock came, he sat there. About 10.15, I called for the prayer line. He come hobbling up the center aisle, and I looked at him. I said, you need that cane? He said, yeah, I got to have it to walk. I said, God healed you, would you need it? He said, No. Most of the time, says Pat, I'd have took it, laid it across something, put my foot through it. But this time I just handed it to somebody. 
I laid hands on that man. God healed him. He started running, jumping, shouting, bending over, touching his toes. And I tied a prayer cloth around that thing and hung it on a nail in that man's church as a testimony of what God had done. But see, God revealed himself to that man. And I went to a meeting 300 miles away. And second night of that meeting, I looked, and that man was sitting, <laughs> sitting on the front row shouting and praising God. He had drove that far because God had touched his life. God knows how to touch your life. And I prayed for another lady there, and I saw her the next night. I said, how you doing? I said, you get healed? She said, well, God healed one thing I asked for, but he didn't heal the other one. I just looked at her. I said, do what? He, she said, well, I don't know if God will heal it all or not. I said, the Word of God plainly says in Psalms 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all of mine iniquities, and healeth all of my diseases. Every one of them. It says here, Jesus healed all their sickness and all their diseases. Every one of them. You've got to believe what the Word says. I'm going to tell you something. I will not live sick. I may have to go through a season of it because God puts me through a trial, but I refuse to live sick. It's against God's Word. It's against God's Word. Y'all hear me? It's against God's Word. He said, I was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon me, and with my stripes ye are healed. Amen? First Peter says, Who himself bore our stripes on the tree, that ye being dead to sin should live under righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. So there's healing in the Word. You don't have to have hands laid on you. There's healing in that Word. You can take that Word and remind God of His Word. And I was telling God the other day, I said, I didn't say this, you did. I didn't say that if I'd obey your commandments and obey your voice and, and do what's right in your sight, that you would take all sickness out of the midst of your people and put none of these diseases on you, which you put upon the Egyptians. I said, I didn't say that, you did. It ain't my Word, it's your Word. Now we're going to watch it come to pass. I didn't say in the third epistle of John that I wish above all things that I prosper and be in health even as I soul prosper. I said, I didn't say that. You did. And I said, and I believe it. And I said, if I believe it, you've got to make it real. I said, because I'm going to live in divine health. Hallelujah. The gospel of the kingdom is a gospel of power and authority over every sickness and every disease. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto the disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. Do you know right now the harvest is ripe? Do y'all realize the harvest is ripe? Do you realize the labors are few? That you, you realize right now that God's people are scattered as sheep, 
having no shepherd because they ain't being taught a word of God that will put something inside of them. They go to church sick, they come home sick. They go to church depressed, they come home depressed. They go to church discouraged, they come home discouraged. They go to church fighting the devil in depression, they come out the same way because all's being preached to them is good messages and something to excite the flesh. Somebody got to stand and preach a gospel of power, a gospel of faith, a gospel of deliverance, and the manifestation of the power of God like he did in the Bible uh, when he said, And the Lord, uh, working with them, confirmed the word uh, with signs following. That's the kingdom. It produces. It manifests the power of God. Hallelujah. Man, I hope somebody will get with me tonight. You can preach repentance. You can preach salvation. You can preach the gospel of good news. But it's not the gospel of the kingdom. When you start preaching about the kingdom of God, power's going to show up. Power's going to reveal itself. Because that's what the kingdom is. It's what the, I told you all last night. God told me that that ruled heaven. Because in heaven God speaks, everything's obedient. Everything's under His Word. Everything's submissive to His Word. So that gospel, that, that Word of God, that kingdom up there, uh, it's now going to come to earth. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is now uh, going to take control in the earth. Uh, that Word that rules the heavens uh, is now fixing to be set right here. Uh, are you hearing me? Uh, it's fixing to be set right here. Uh, and everything in heaven uh, and in earth and in hell uh, is now subject uh, to the Word of God. Uh, because what? God wrought in Christ uh, when he raised him from the dead uh, and set, above, set him far above uh, all principalities, powers uh, of things in heaven, things in earth and things under the earth. He's in total control. I've heard people say for years, well, there's coming a day that at the name of Jesus every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess. That ain't what the Word says. The Word don't say there's coming a day. The Word says, at the name of Jesus. When the name of Jesus is spoken in a situation, when it's spoken by the authority and the unction of the Holy Ghost, when it's spoken in a circumstance, then every force and power of hell, everything in heaven, in earth, and under the earth comes into subjection to that Word right there. And every demon's got to get on his knee. Every power that's opposing a child of God, everybody, I don't care if it's in heaven, in earth, or under the earth, has to bow and confess that He is Lord God Almighty and He is the supreme authority of every circumstance in every situation at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess has no choice when you walk in the spirit hallelujah you're going to live in the spirit what's wrong with people they're trying to walk in the flesh and function in the spirit y'all can write this down if y'all want to look this up I think it's in Revelation 12. I'm not going to go there right now. But there's a, there's a scripture, and I found it several months back, that talks about them that dwell in the heavens. It does talk about them. It says, them that dwell in the heavens and will be under the inhabitants of the earth. 
I woke up the other morning about 5.30 fixing to get up and read. And the voice of the Lord spoke inside of me, said, Them that dwell in the heavens are them that walk in the Spirit. And if you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He said, so there's people going to dwell on the earth, but there's people going to dwell in the heavens. Hallelujah. I said, there's people going to dwell in the heavens. We're going to dwell in the Spirit. We're going to walk in the Spirit. If you live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. And if you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We're trying to serve God carnally minded. We're trying to serve God with a carnal mind. And he said, the carnal mind to be carnally mind uh, it's death but to be spiritually minded uh, is life and peace uh, for the carnal mind is enmity against God uh, it cannot be subject to the law of God neither indeed can it be uh, that's Romans 8 about 6, 7 and 8 so if you want the demons to be subject to you start walking in the spirit say brother matter how do you walk in the spirit the Bible, uh, you look the word walk up in the original Greek, it means to occupy things pertaining to. So if you're going to walk in the Spirit, then you're going to have to occupy with your mind, your mind with things pertaining to God. Because Paul said in Romans the 7th chapter, he said, with my mind I do serve God. I do serve the law of God with my flesh, I serve the law of, the, uh, the law of sin. Amen. So you let your flesh rule you, you're going to serve the law of sin. But if you condition your mind, Isaiah 26 and 3 says, He who keeps his mind stayed upon the Lord, the Lord shall keep him in perfect peace because he trusteth in him. I've had people tell me, I ain't got no peace. I said, what you putting in your mind? Woo, that's when it gets sticky. <laughs> I ain't got no peace, Brother Metter. What you putting in your mind? You're going to fill your mind in front of a television or computer on Facebook full of adultery, fornication, lying, cheating, stealing, backbiting, gossip, adultery. That's what's going to be in your spirit. It's like my wife told my son. I guess it's after he got saved. He kept battling forces and she said, let me tell you something. She said, it's spirit in, spirit out. You entertain a spirit and it gets in, you're going to have to get it out. So don't let it get in. Don't entertain it. Because when the devil starts talking to you through the lust of your flesh or the desires of your flesh, he can get a hold on you. And when he gets a hold on you, only way to get him out is through prayer and seeking God or have somebody lay hands on you and cast it out. And if you get it cast out, you better not take it back. The Lord told me a long time ago, I mean, back in one of my first tent meetings, I had a, I had a big old guy. He must have stood about six foot seven, six foot eight. And he had sat on the back row. And I'd go to pray for people and start healing the sick and casting out devils. Then he'd come and he'd get up about center poles. And oh man, he had a spirit on him. Just vexed me. Ooh, he was so full of the devil. And I told the Lord one night, I said, I'm fixing to run, jump, straddle him, cast demons out of him before he knows what hit him. And the Lord said, leave him alone. He said, because he don't want to be free. He said, the only thing you're going to do is... Cast the demons out of them. They're going to walk through the dry places of the earth. And they're going to come right back in. And they're going to take with them seven more, worse than what they are. I said, so you might as well leave them alone. So I left him alone. And the Lord told me years ago, you ain't got the power to cast out the devil. You better leave it alone. You start demon up and somebody and you ain't got authority over it, that thing will hurt you. I went to a church up in Murfreesboro, Tennessee one night. And somebody got me a 
open door to preach up there. I never met the pastor, didn't know nothing about the church. And I walked in, and by the time I walked in, the pastor come out of one of the Sunday school rooms, had two or three people with him. And I introduced myself to him. The person got me the night to preach, introduced me. And he said, well, I've heard that you got power to heal the sick and cast out devils. I said, I've had experience with them. And he said, well, we got a young lady right there in that sunscreen room. We've been trying to cast the devil out of her four hours. I said, I ain't touching her. <laughs> I said, y'all done got that thing agitated. <laughs> and I said, I ain't messing with it unless God speaks to me. I said, because you ain't got power to cast the devil out. It don't take no four hours to get a devil out. I don't believe in all this laying hands on folks and getting down the floor and wrestling with them and getting a half dozen people and slapping them around. And ain't what God told me. God told me back in 99, I had a lady come to my meeting and she was bound with a generational curse. Now, them things are real. She had a mama that was a lunatic. And that thing was worn against her and the Lord showed me that. And I told her, I said, I didn't even go lay hands on you. I said, I'm going to speak to that thing. She said, you're going to do what? I said, I'm going to speak that thing. I'm going to bind it and it's going to leave you. I said, I ain't touching you. I ain't even talking to you. I said, I'm going to address that demon. You said, well, why? The Lord showed me Paul in the 16th chapter of Acts. Him and Silas were on their way to prayer and that woman with that spirit of divination started following him and cried out several days, hear these men. These men are the great men of God. They'll show you the way of salvation. And finally, Paul got vexed with the devil in her. The woman didn't vex him. The Spirit intervexed him, and the Bible says Paul turned to the Spirit. He didn't speak to the woman. He spoke to the Spirit and said, I charge thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, come out of her. And the Bible said, and the Spirit came out of her the same hour. Paul didn't get in the sawdust and wrestle with her till he got the devil out of her. He spoke the Word of God to it, took authority over it, and it came out the same hour. So see, we got a lot of wrong teaching. You ain't going to get me to lay hands on somebody and wrestle with the devil. And when I go to pray for somebody, I move by the Spirit of God. I've had people at the Fort Payne Church, I just blow their mind. They'll bring somebody up for me to pray for them, and I'll, you know, I'll sometimes I'll talk to them, and I'll ask them what it is, and, and I'm just standing there meditating on the Lord and waiting for the moving of the Spirit of God. You've seen it, Sister Deborah. Sister Kathy, you've seen it. You've probably been up there helping me. And I'll just lay hands on them, speak the Word of God to them about 30 seconds, 45 seconds. I take my hands off of them, back away. I say, it's done. And everybody's standing there, oh, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, God. We're believing you, Lord. We're asking you for a miracle, God. Oh, Lord Jesus, God. We... And they'll just go on and pray for probably a minute and a half, two, three minutes, and I'll just stand there and let them go. I didn't know what God told me to do. It done done. Some people think God's going to hear them for their much speaking. <laughs> Man, I hope ain't nobody in Fort Payne watching live stream tonight. They're going to be upset with me. That's all right. But see, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Amen? The labors are few. God needs some labors. But he don't need somebody going out there in the harvest not knowing what they're doing. 
You know, if you don't know how to gather the harvest, you can ruin the crop. Amen? If you don't know how to pick apples, you can mess up apple trees. So God needs some experienced laborers. Hallelujah. I better get on something else. <laughs> he needs some experienced laborers. He needs somebody that's give herself their, the prayer and seeking God and can hear the voice of God and speak the Word of God. Not go through a lot of form. And there was preachers back in the 50s. I loved them. And I grew up under some of them, but I'm going to tell you something. There's some of them that started putting on a show with devils. And I disagree with it because that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. You don't put on a show with a devil. Somewhere a devil will get you, you start making a show out of it. It'll get you. And when God's really started moving in me and give me that miracle, to about every short leg I'll pray for now, God will heal it. I don't care if it's inch short or six inches short. God will grow that leg. So I just happened to be watching one of these preachers from the 50s, 40s, and 50s, you know, right after God really perfected that thing in me. And I was watching him, and he kept talking about it and talking about it and putting the woman's legs up there, showing folks how short it was and talking about it and talking about it and telling them God was going to heal it. And I finally just stopped and looked at the video. I said, you're going to heal her? You're going to talk them to death. Get it done. Amen. My God, y'all quiet tonight. <laughs> Matthew 24. I guess God charged my battery last night and then today, but he really fired me up. Whew. I mean, let me know that he had visited me all over again. And I didn't even see it yesterday. I thought God just took me back that visitation. Man, the more I meditate on that thing today, the realer it got in my spirit. And I texted my son. I said, my God. I said, God has fired me up again. He said, you mean again today? I said, well, yesterday. I said, but yeah, most of the day today, that thing kept coming back to me, and I saw myself standing on the right-hand side of the universe. I said, you crazy. I can't help what God shows me. I can't help what God puts in my spirit. I saw myself standing out in space on the right-hand side of the universe and all the planets, stars, moons, everything standing there. And I knew there was just something in me, Sister Kathy. I knew by the Word of God if I spoke, whatever I spoke to was fixing to obey that Word that come out of my spirit. Hallelujah. And sometimes the Lord just gets on me like that. You know, they just went through the 10-year anniversary of Katrina. That hurricane that hit in 05, I guess it was. And I was at the church. The day before that thing hit, I think it was Sunday, and it hit on a Monday or Saturday. I, I don't remember. But I remember I was at the church, and I sat out on the steps of the church platform. And I said, God, you make that thing the meanest, the biggest, the baddest, the worst thing New Orleans ever seen. And I said, you put New Orleans underwater. I didn't pay no attention to it. It jumped from a Category 3 up to a Category 5 in just hours. And it hit New Orleans. And somebody told me about 10, 30, 11 o'clock that morning, said, buddy, New Orleans dodged the bullet. I said, what are you talking about? Said, that thing missed them. And said, there's people out there drinking and dancing in the streets and partying and, and said 
We dodged the bullet, and I stopped, and I raised my hand up to heaven, and I said, that ain't what you told me. You told me you was going to put New Orleans underwater. Now you do what you said. I done spoke it by the Spirit of God. About that time, all them levees turned loose. <laughs> and God put them underwater. He put them underwater. I can't help it as the Spirit of God in me. I didn't want nothing to happen to them people, but I knew what God had told me. I knew what the Spirit of God had spoke to me. And you go back, you track my word 43 years. My word has never fell to the ground. God tells me something, He does it. Amen. God tells me something, He brings it to pass. Hallelujah. There's something happening. There ain't something going to happen. I was praying this afternoon and the Lord told me, and I'll tell you all again, there's an impartation of the Spirit of God going into God's people in this meeting. You're going to go out of here different. You're going to go out of here different in how you come in. Hallelujah. God's healing you of that dyslexia or whatever that is right now. In the name of Jesus. I command the motor center of your brain to be normal. I command this thing to reverse itself. I speak to this spirit. God, whatever this is, I, Lord, you heal it. You make it whole. And you, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. For I believe God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I said, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all with me in Matthew 24? We're going somewhere. Hallelujah. If y'all don't think we're going somewhere, just look back where I've been. We're going somewhere. Amen. You ain't the only one, says Kathy. Sister Susie had the same experience. That thing bobbed up and down three or four times and then wham! God put the hook in her jaw. Maybe just once or twice. I know she'd come to that tent meeting in L.A.J. down there on Highway 5 by, at that time, Cackers Lumber was down there. Man, it wasn't just a couple of nights. I think it was your mom I prayed for had a short leg. And God grew that leg out and it wasn't I don't know if it's the same now the next night, but I started putting them in the baptistry. Lord told me in 84 to get me a baptistry, and I kept a baptistry under my tent, Sister Pat. Every time one of them gets saved or delivered, I'd put them down in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Right there, just put them down in the name of Jesus. And I think I baptized your mama. And what was it, about two, three years later? Took her a little longer. So... I got, a, I got a friend that was pastoring a church in Alabama. We didn't have a baptistry at that time. And it was too cold to baptize her in a water trough. So I asked a friend of mine if I could baptize her in his church after service one night. So we didn't went down there about 10, 30, 11 o'clock one night. Good thing she brought some folks with her. Because I told the Lord, I said, man, she goes down. I said, she comes up. I said, I want the Holy Ghost to pop her. And I dunked her in that water in the name of Jesus, and she come up speaking in tongues. And I think you spoke in tongues all the way home, didn't you? All night long. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. And I was talking to my son a couple of days, well, when he was here Sunday, and sometime Sunday evening, I, I said, Son, I said, our generation don't know nothing about the Holy Ghost. 
I said in the Azusa Street meeting, I said the Holy Ghost would fall on people and they'd go out. They'd lay on the floor of the church hours and some of them two and three and four days talking tongues the whole time and God would take them out into trances and visit them and they would stand a visitation of the Lord three or four days before they ever started coming out. I said, we ain't seen nothing in the Holy Ghost. We don't know what God's fixing to do. But I'm telling you what's coming is going to go beyond anything that's ever happened because this is bringing in the latter rain of the Holy Ghost and it's going to usher in the kingdom of God in the fullness. Jesus didn't walk in the fullness of the kingdom. Whoa. No, He didn't. He didn't possess the fullness of the kingdom after His resurrection. And that's what Paul saw in Philippians 3 and 10. He said, I want to know Him in the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering, being made conformable unto His death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. That's what Paul wanted. Paul wanted that resurrected Christ living in him. He had a great ministry. I mean, Paul raised the dead. Paul had great miracles. Ain't no telling how many churches Paul established and put them on the truth. But Paul saw something in that resurrected Christ and he said, I pressed toward the mark. That was the mark he pressed toward was that resurrected Christ living in him. He said, I pressed toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. Amen? That's what he pressed toward. Because after his resurrection, all power in heaven and earth dwelt in him. All power in heaven and earth. That was the fullness of the kingdom. No generation's ever had it. It's ours. It's ours. It's mine. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Hallelujah. I ain't taking second best. I ain't. Uh, I'm going to get the whole thing. Hallelujah. I'm trying to get there. Y'all bear with me. I get talking about Jesus. I get excited. I've had people tell me I talk about him too much. How can you talk about... Uh, and I told him, man, he said, Brother Miller, I love you preaching. He said, but you just pray, preach about Jesus too much. I said, how can you preach about Jesus too much? He said, well, you just preach about him too much. He said, you talk about him all the time. He said, when you ain't preaching, we're talking to you. You're talking about Jesus. I said, man, I said, he's the first, the last, the beginning, the end, the alpha, the omega. He's the author and finisher of our faith. I said, he's the water of life, the bread of life, the tree of life, the river of life, the way, the truth, and the life. I said, Why, what else is there to talk about? There's a song that says, let's talk about Jesus. The King of kings is He. The Lord of lords supreme throughout eternity. The great I am, the way, the truth, the life, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. Hallelujah. When you ain't got nothing else in you, I guess Jesus comes out. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Feel that wheel turning in the middle of the wheel tonight. Verse 11, Matthew 24. <clears throat> many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. 
It didn't say the gospel of repentance. It didn't say the gospel of salvation. It didn't say the gospel of good news. It said, and this gospel of the kingdom must first be preached in all the earth, all the world for a witness unto every nation and then shall the end come. Somebody told me one time, said, well, the end's fixing to come. I said, why? said, the gospel's been preached all over the world. I said, not the gospel of the kingdom, ain't. They said, what are you talking about? said, the good news of Jesus has been preached all over the world. I said, okay, but the gospel of the kingdom hadn't. But they said, well, what's the gospel of the kingdom? I said, the gospel of the kingdom brings salvation, healing, deliverance, sets people free, soul, mind, and body. I used to preach a word under the tent. Jesus came to heal the whole man. Soul, mind, and body. I said, Jesus never healed anybody he didn't save, never saved anybody he didn't heal. You say, where'd you get that from? Bible says when he entered into Capernaum, they brought the man on the stretcher, took the roof off, let it down in front of him. He looked at him. He said, rise. No, first he said, thy sins be forgiven thee. And they said, all them spiritual leaders there. All them Pentecost Pharisees, scribes, Sadducees. They said, well, this man blasphemes in his heart. said, don't he know that only God only can forgive sin? And Jesus looked at him and said, which is easier to say? Rise, take up thy bed and walk, or thy sins be forgiven thee. He said, but to show you, the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sin, he said, man, get up and walk. So when he should have said be healed, he said be saved. When he should have said be saved, he said be healed. One. You can't separate salvation and divine healing. Everybody Jesus saved, he healed. When he healed him, he saved him. We get the knowledge of this kingdom. Every sickness in our body is going to leave us. Because you can't be saved and walk with God and have sickness in your body. It can't. There's something in there separating you from God. Hallelujah. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, oh my God, whosoever readeth, let him understand, then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. I'm going to tell you, the abomination of desolation, this homosexuality, is starting to stand in the holy place. Y'all better grab, hold, and hang on. God's fixing to deal with this thing. That ain't just a sin, buddy. That's an abomination. You know, the church won't preach against fornication. They won't preach against adultery. But they'll show a cry out against homosexuality. Let me tell you something. Fornication in my book and adultery is just as bad as homosexuality. And because the church opened the door to fornication and adultery, it let, it, it let homosexuality in. Now God's going to deal with it. Y'all hear me? He ain't going to just deal with homosexuality, he's going to deal with the fornicator. He's going to deal with the adulterer. He's going to deal with all sin. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, I want you all to go with me to the book of Acts. And I'm going to show you all the kingdom of God in the book of Acts, the 8th chapter. I hope you all having a good time. Because these first two or three nights, I'm just doing preliminaries. Man, long about Thursday or Friday, this thing's going to start getting deep. <laughs> I 
or that picture Sister Kathy took of me the other day and posted, that sign behind me, caution, it's fixing to get messy. <laughs> so long about Thursday or Friday, it could tend to get messy around here. Because I'll take the cloak off the devil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts the 8th chapter, verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voices came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. But there was a certain man called Simon, which aforetime in the same city you sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that he himself was some great one to whom all they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard because of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. I'm going to tell you a lot of these preachers preaching now claiming to be anointed of the Holy Ghost. They got, they got divination spirits on them and they're convincing people that they're of God. And you don't know the true and the living God. That's reading the Bible says you better try the spirits and know whether they be of God or not. It says in 1 John 4 chapter, Beloved, believe not the spirits, but you try the spirits and see if they be of God. There's a lot of voices out there, and you've got to find out which one's God. There's a lot of these TV... I ain't got confidence in none of these TV preachers. Y'all can watch them till the cows come home. To me, they ain't a, nothing but a bunch of thieves and charlatans. They take advantage of people. They take your money. You better get your home church and a local pastor that'll bury you dead and marry your kids and counsel you and teach you to pray and seek the face of God that you can come through the fire that God will put you in. You don't need to be following these people. I don't encourage nobody to follow me. I, you follow the word that I preach. You follow the word that I preach and teach. You follow this word, you're going to come out all right. But when they believed, Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God. Y'all see that? Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ, and he preached things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And the name of Jesus... They were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and the signs which were done. Hallelujah. Acts the 19th chapter. Tell you, God gives me something. I got enough word. I can give you the word on it. If y'all ever prayed, I'm going to tell you, y'all need to pray. Because the Lord told me that this ISIS thing, I spoke about it before it ever happened. I told people in, in, in the Fort Payne church, it's fixing to stand up. I, I told him, I said, we'll wind up going to war with it. We'll send troops back in there. But the Lord spoke to me about three or four months ago and told me that there's a prophet fixing to arise out of this Muslim Islam thing. And he's going to claim to be Mohammed raised from the dead or have the spirit of Mohammed. And that thing ever gets hold of them ISIS people, you ain't never going to stop them. They'll go to the death, every one of them, fighting because they'll follow that prophet. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? And y'all quit worrying about this microchip that they worried about everybody going to have to have because that 
thing about the forehead and the hand. That ain't a microchip. That ain't a literal mark. That's a mindset. And there's a demonic mind fixing to take people over and the right hand is power. You hear me? Say that thing going to be in their forehead or in their right hand and that thing's power and that demon fixing to take them over. You hear me? That demon fixing to give them authority. That false prophet, that beast fixing to give them authority in their mind, in their forehead, and in their right hand and they're going to work the works of Satan. Y'all hear me? Y'all ain't going to have to worry about no microchip. This thing going to be no natural thing. It's going to be a spiritual thing. And the Lord revealed some more to me. I'll show you. But I remember a year ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, A spirit of the beast fixing to take people over. And that's why it's taking these people from ISIS over. They don't regard nothing. Women, children, old, young, they don't care about nothing. They'll kill anything. They got a spirit of a beast on them. And Sister Sheila Austin came to Sister Patterson's ladies' meeting, not this last one, but a year ago, and said the Lord spoke to her that a spirit of a beast fixing to take people over. And I hadn't even talked to Sister Austin. But I'm going to tell you, a lot of things God shows her, me and her are on the same page. We, we in agreement, a lot of things God shows her. And I ain't worried about no microchip. Ain't no microchip going to make you serve the devil. You hear me? They microchip you from your head to your toe. And if you love God, you ain't about to serve the devil. And the Spirit of God will stand up in you. But you ever let that mindset get a hold of you? You ever let that demonic force get in your mind? And I don't know the full revelation of it. All I can tell you is what God told me. The Lord told me this prophet fixing to stand up. People better get ready. Because he ever stands up, but then people going to come together in one mind. They're going to come together in one spirit. And you ain't going to stop them then. They're going to stop them. They better stop them now. Amen. Y'all appreciate the Lord tonight? Amen. said, Brother Matty, you're crazy. Y'all from left field. Hide and watch, and let's see when the smoke clears who's standing. That's all I got to say. Just hide and watch. And when the smoke clears, we'll see who's standing, who's right, and who's wrong. But you better not wait that long. Because you do, you're liable to be in trouble. From Acts 19, verse 8. He went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. Now, this is Apostle Paul. The eighth chapter was Philip. Philip wasn't nothing but a deacon in the church. And then he went down to Samarian priest, and God promoted him and gifted him with evangelism. But that ain't what God called him to do originally. But here Paul was disputed and contended with them about things pertaining to the kingdom of God for three months. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitudes, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing day in the school of one Tyrannius. And this continued by the space of two years so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs, handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. One more scripture, Acts the 28th chapter. Do you love the Lord tonight? Is anybody getting anywhere? (laughs) 
Y'all learning anything? See, the only gospel that can be preached is the gospel of the kingdom if you want results. Ain't nothing else going to get the job done. And I'm going to read this. If I don't forget it, I'm going to show you what the Lord showed me the gospel of the kingdom was in the gospel of Luke. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it to you. And I'm at verse 23 in Acts 28. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them. Concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. Y'all think I could persuade somebody about the kingdom of God? I believe God's put a knowledge and a wisdom of this kingdom in me that I can, if somebody's hungry, says Pat, I believe I could persuade them. I believe I could persuade them. I can take that law and that prophets. I can take this New Testament. You know, when we went to uh, Punjab, India in 07, and we went up, people never heard the name of Jesus. They never heard the name of Jesus. And I had to start preaching at Genesis and preach about a God that was real and then how Mary conceived the Jesus, and I had to preach like that. And I, and I told some of the people with me, I said, y'all go out here and talk to people that know about Jesus, have heard the gospel, but how are you going to tell somebody that's never heard the gospel, how are you going to tell them about Jesus? Because you're going to expect them to know who Jesus is. You start talking to somebody that ain't never heard the name of Jesus, don't know nothing about the Son of God, don't know nothing about His stripes or His blood or His name or the price He paid, you got your work cut out for you. And I was listening to one of them talk to two or three men one day. He said, well, you know Jesus, you, you know, in the Bible. They just looked at him deadpan. They had no idea what he's talking about. And I pulled them all to the side. I said, boy, y'all can talk about Jesus to folks that have read the Bible and know about Jesus. I said, but you're talking to heathen. You're talking to heathen, don't know about Jesus. And Paul persuaded them from morning to evening out of the law, Moses and the prophets, and some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after the Paul, after that Paul had spoken one word, well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophets unto our fathers. I'm dropping down to verse 26. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear it. You mark my words. If I know the Spirit of the Lord, God's fixing to turn from this denominal church. God's fixing to turn from organized religion. And He's fixing to go out there in the highways and the hedges and get the sinners, the adulterers, the fornicators, the drug addicts, the alcoholics, because they know they need help. There's people you can't talk to about Jesus. I mean in church. There are probably two, three hundred people know I'm up here and know my word and know the anointing and know the deliverance. And they ain't going to come around me because they've been told I'm preaching false doctrine. They've been told I ain't preaching right. They've been told I've gone off into error. It's all right. God will deal with it. You hear me? God will deal with it. I'm going to tell you something. What I got, I back up with the word. Just because you don't understand it and just because I ain't preaching messages just to shout and entertain people's flesh, I 
put people on the foundation when all hell breaks loose on them. They got something to stand with. They got something to fight with. They got something to arm themselves with. And they can fight the very forces of hell. I don't just shout people and make them feel good. Give them a feel good gospel. What lives in me is real. And it brings results. And when they had said, I'm at verse 29. When they had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Y'all see what that 31st verse says? Preaching the kingdom of God. And teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Paul was under house arrest. <laughs> Paul was under house arrest in Rome, rented his own hired house, and they let him preach and teach for two years from morning till evening and never bothered him. And he preached things pertaining to the kingdom of God and concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. There's your kingdom in the New Testament, in the book of Acts. In Acts 8 with Philip, in Acts 19 with Paul, now in Acts 28 with Paul, there's your kingdom of God. Because that's what Jesus preached, that's what the apostles preached. Because there ain't no other gospel to preach if you want results. Can't preach any other gospel. The young man that went to school with my son and witnessed to him that caused him to turn his heart back to God and get saved, my son sending this message right here on the gospel of the kingdom. And he called him and said, you know something? said, after hearing your daddy preach, he said, I'm convinced there ain't no other gospel but the gospel of the kingdom. I said, not if you want results, there ain't. People don't just need salvation. They don't need repentance. They need deliverance. Have y'all ever witnessed to somebody... And they get broken in their spirit and start crying right there on the street, right there in a grocery store, gas station. Just start witnessing to them. You know what most people tell them? Come to church. Instead of praying the prayer of faith for them right now, binding the devil, rebuking the force of hell off of them, praying them through to salvation, and then laying hands on them or speaking the word of God to them, they let that soul get away. They let that soul. We're sitting in McDonald's the other morning. And somebody called me on the phone, started talking to me. Man, the Spirit of the Lord come on me. And I had to contain that puppy. <laughs> I mean, I felt it hit me. I was talking to him. I felt the Spirit of God hit me, and I felt tongues start to roll out of me. And I grabbed myself, and I said, Thus saith the Lord, it, it's done in the name of Jesus. I said, was well, you ashamed? No. I just had to get to L.J. and preach. I didn't have time to go to jail. You say, you think you, I'm going to tell you something. I'm telling y'all, and I've been telling y'all, the Lord spoke in the prophecy months back. The Spirit of God's fixing to get in people, and they fix to start talking in tongues, stand up right in the middle of public places and prophesying, speaking the word of the Lord. You say, you really believe? No, I really know. Because when the Spirit of God moves on you, and you subject to the working of the Holy Ghost, it's going to get you. It's going to move you. I mean, man, before I knew it, that thing hit me, didn't it? She was sitting right beside me at the table, and that thing hit me, 
And man, it hit me, I jumped. Because <laughs> just like that sat down on me. And I jumped. And when I jumped, the Spirit of God, I felt them tongues start to roll out of me. And I just said, that's thus saith the Lord, it's done. <laughs> you ashamed? No, I ain't ashamed. I ain't never been ashamed. You won't never find me ashamed. I try to use wisdom. But there's coming a day you ain't going to be able to contain this. I mean, I've done had it happen. I had it happen years back. I was up in South Carolina tent revival, and I think I was in a Kmart or a Walmart or something. A lady come up to me. She said, ain't you Brother Metter? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, I got this pain. And I forget where she said that pain was. And, man, I felt the Spirit of the Lord come on me, and I said, raise your hands. She said, do what? <laughs> I said, raise your hands. She said, right here? I said, you want God to heal you? She said, I do. She said, but right here? I said, what's wrong with right here? I said, if you want your healing, I feel the Spirit of the Lord. She told them hands up, and buddy, I slapped my hands on her. Next thing I heard, the Spirit of God hit me, and I heard my voice echoing off the walls. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Man, the power of God hit that woman. She started jerking and shouting and praising God, and people was coming by going, I mean, just gawking and staring. But if there had been somebody standing there ranting and raving and cussing and raising hell, they'd walk by and not batting an eye. Why? Because that's normal in this country. But the Word of God, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, let me tell you something, it's fixing to be the norm of the day. Hallelujah. It's fixing to be the norm of the day. Hallelujah. I want to go to Luke, the fourth chapter, and I'm going to give you all this, and then I'm going to bring it to a close for tonight unless God fires me up and takes me somewhere else. Man, I'm having a good time. I am. I'm having a good time. And I'm going to have to get still before the Lord and let the Lord reveal to me what He visited me about yesterday. Man, that thing got in my spirit and I felt a power surge down through me. I felt that command, gee, me, the works of my hands. Hallelujah. This is our sister Susie. It's our inheritance. I'm an heir with God and a joint heir with Christ, not Jesus, with Christ. There's a difference. I'm not a joint heir with Jesus. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I'm a joint heir with the resurrected Christ. That means what he's possessed, I'm equal. Joint means equal. Joint means you got the same benefits, the same privileges. I'm an heir with God and a joint heir with Christ. Right here. Right here. Right here. Hallelujah. Luke 4, this is what the Lord told me the kingdom was. The manifestation of it. Verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Did y'all know when this meeting winds up, we're going to be going into the year of Jubilee? Did y'all know that? We're going to be going into the, the 50th, the, four, the 50th year. We're going to be going into Jubilee. In the year of Jubilee, every debt's forgiven, every sin's wiped out, every slave is set free. We're going into Jubilee. And that word that was preached, that God had me preach here Sunday a week ago, about the fig tree, and about digging and dunging about the fig tree, People better take heed to it. Because there's some people, they get in their last call. 
They get in their last chance to serve God. And somewhere a couple of days ago, I don't know where I was, but I was in prayer, and I saw the Spirit of God. I saw God lift the anointing off of people's lives. I saw the Spirit of God lift off of people's lives, and God took the call that He had placed on them, and He gave it to somebody else because they wouldn't be obedient to the call. You say, well, well God, God won't do that. Let me tell you something. God chose Saul... Y'all hear me? He chose him. And the very day Samuel went and anointed David, the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And the Bible says, And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. The Spirit of God can lift off of you. God can take, your, take that call and that anointing away from you if you're not obedient to it. And there's a lot of people think that they can... Oh, serve God and do however they want to whenever they want to whenever they get ready to let me give y'all some more scriptures uh, if y'all want to jot these down this is Luke 8 and 1 and it came to pass that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the twelve were with him Matthew 10 and verse 7 I almost went there a while ago and as you go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let me let me turn over to that one. Matthew 10 and 7. I just didn't have enough markers to mark all these scriptures. I'll go buy me some more Bible markers. And... Matthew chapter 10. I should have read it after I read the end of Matthew 9. And when he had called unto him, I'm starting at verse 1, when he called unto him to his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And then it goes on and talks about the names of the twelve. I'm not going to do that. Verse 5, And and these twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the ways of the Gentiles, into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. See, the gospel of the kingdom was first preached to the house of Israel. But in, in Acts, I think it's 17, Paul said it was necessary that the word of God should come unto you Jews first. But seeing you've counted yourselves unworthy, he rent his garment and he said, Lo, I turn to the Gentiles. There's a people out there that's going to receive this gospel of this kingdom. Most people in church ain't going to receive it. They just ain't going to do it. It don't go with what they've been taught. It don't fit. It ain't going to fit. They're going to try to make it fit what they've been taught. When I get in this word the next two or three days, y'all going to look at me like I'm crazy because it ain't going to fit nothing you've been taught. But it's the word. It's real. It's alive. It's powerful. And he told them, said, don't go out there to the Gentiles. It's not for you to go there yet. You go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. That was the commission. He said, You don't go to the heathen yet. You don't go to the Gentiles yet. You go first to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's where the gospel of the kingdom was first preached. But when they didn't want it, and they rejected it, God turned to the Gentiles. And the Gentiles was hungry for it. Amen. There's a people out there hungry for the kingdom of God. Because when you go, you're going to cast out devils, you're going to deliver the captive, you're going to bind up the wounds, 
Exactly what Luke 4 says. The Spirit of the Lord's on me because He's anointed me. He's anointed me to preach good news. He's anointed me to mend the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to bind up their wounds. See, there's a lot of preachers preaching, but there ain't a lot of demonstration. But you preach the kingdom, there's going to be demonstration because the Lord's going to confirm His Word. Amen. You get, you get in your prayer chamber, you set your heart, seek God, you preach the Word, you preach the kingdom, the Lord's going to use you. He's going to use you for deliverance. How many of y'all appreciate this tonight? See, the, this is the only gospel that can be preached to bring results. There's churches where people don't know nothing but repentance and water baptism. They don't know the kingdom. There's churches all people know is tongues. They'll fight with you over the water baptism. They'll fight with you over the name of Jesus. They don't know the kingdom. I mean big churches. They don't know the kingdom. This gospel of the kingdom is now going to be preached into all the world for a witness. I can go to the furthest corners of India and find denominational churches. Y'all hear me? I can't. I can go to the furthest corners of India. We went up in what they call the tribal areas. We drove for four hours. And a man had a church up there <coughs> that I went up there and preached in. And I prayed for the sick for four hours. I mean, that church is probably twice the size of this one. And it was packed. People sitting on the floor and standing outside. There's some people rode buses for six and seven hours and then walked seven and eight miles as far as the buses would take them to be in that service. And I stayed there from 12 o'clock to about 6 o'clock at night and preached about Jesus and prayed for the sick. And God done a lot of miracles. God done a lot of miracles. But they was hungry. They was hungry. You get one in foreign countries and people hear that there's a man that's doing miracles and working miracles and that God's, man, they'll come. They'll walk for hours. We used to have our crusades in some of them towns and we'd be there at 11, 30, 12, 12, 30, 1 o'clock before we'd ever get all the sick prayed for. And we'd start up the road and we'd meet people a mile, mile and a half, two and three miles up the road walking back home where they'd walk to that meeting. Some of them start 2 and 3 o'clock in the afternoon to get there by service time. That's hunger. And that's, that's what causes God to move. That's what causes God to move. Hallelujah. It ain't just people need healing. People come expecting healing. They come and hear the Word and they believe the Word. I appreciate the Lord tonight. Y'all appreciate the Lord? Are you having a good time? Are you learning? That's what I want you to do. I want you to learn. I want you to learn. I want, to, I want God to open the eyes of your understanding. So you know who you are, what you're supposed to be, what you can be. God made God didn't make man to die. He didn't make him live in sin. God made man for himself that he could live in man. And that's what God made us for. We ain't supposed to get out here and sin and do all this stuff. Hell ain't made for man. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. But when man disobeys the gospel and rejects Jesus Christ, he's going where them angels went. Amen. He's going to be bound in chains of everlasting darkness. And I don't want to go there. Hell wasn't made for me. I was, like Sister Susie was talking to I was born to serve the Lord. Man, I heard that song when I was about eight or nine years old. 
That used to be my favorite song. From the dust of the earth, my God created man. His breath made man a living soul. I can't remember all the while. I will try to write them down. I'll try to remember it. If I stop and think on it, I can probably go online. But I was born to serve the Lord. Made in His likeness, created in His image. For I was born to serve the Lord. I was born to serve the Lord. I wasn't born for anything else. God told me in 89 I was born to serve the Lord. I ain't born for anything else. I ain't going to do nothing else. I've given God three-fourths of my life. I'll be 63 in November and headed on 44 years of serving God. I've given God the, I've given Him all my adult life. Started serving God when I was 19. And I run from Him about two or three years because I just, I just, I want to be one of my friends. I want to be like everybody else. But I'm going to tell you something. I ain't never fit in this world. I've always been like a round peg. Somebody trying to stick me in a square hole. I ain't never fit in this world. Didn't fit in high school. Didn't fit. Just never fit in this world. Didn't care nothing about it. Used to get out and run with my friends. And they'd get out and drink. And, oh my God. They'd get so drunk. They couldn't have hit the ground with their hat if they'd have had one on. And they'd call me up. Fridays. A lot of times they'd call me up Thursday. What are you doing this weekend? I ain't really got any plans. Well, we want you to go with us. I said, I don't want to go with y'all. I said, all y'all going to do is go buy a bunch of malt liquor and beer and whiskey. And I said, y'all just going to go get drunk. Well, yeah, we, we know that. Well, what do you want me to go for? I don't drink. We want you to drive what they want me to go for. They want me to drive them. And several times I did. Sometimes I'd get aggravated with them. I'd pull up in front of their house one thirty, two o'clock in the morning and there one of them I got so aggravated at. He was sitting in the passenger seat and I was driving his car. And he was so drunk he didn't even know where he was. And I just opened the door put my foot on his shoulder and just pushed him. <laughs> Had to repent over that one. But you know, I'd get out there with them and they'd be doing all this mess and i just... I'd say, Lord, don't let me die and go to hell. I know I ain't got no business out here, but I wasn't drinking. I ain't never been drunk on natural liquor a day in my life. Never wanted to. I don't make me any better than anybody else. Never sucked the first cigarette. Didn't want to. I grew up in the LSD, pot, drug generation. I've never taken a drug to get high. Didn't want to. I feared God, and I wanted to serve the Lord. And that's how I've lived my life. I want to serve the Lord and be pleasing in His sight. Amen? I want to be pleasing unto the Lord. Does anybody here need healing in your body? If you do, I want to pray the prayer of faith for you. Man, I feel good all over more than anywhere else. I just feel the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody love the Lord? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sister, I'm going to pray for you. The Lord dealt with me about you today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God, you bring peace into her spirit. Bring an overshadowing of your word and your spirit into her life. God, you give her purpose. You let this gospel be revealed in her, Lord. Let a joy of her salvation return to her and strengthen her. Lift her up by your strong right arm. And let your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
Don't you worry about what you're going through right now. The Lord told me, I was praying, you come for me today, and the Lord told me. He said, I'm testing you. He said, I'm trying you, and I'm testing you, and I'm putting you in the place. You ain't going to worry about what you're going to eat. You ain't going to worry about what you're going to put on. He said, I'm getting you ready for this kingdom. You're going to have faith in me for everything. Hallelujah. I know me and my wife went through a hard trial back in 2008. Didn't nobody know it. We like lost everything we had. Finances got so bad, I couldn't pay my light bill. We like lost everything we had. And the Lord spoke to me over the years. People give me guns and different things. And we had the fire. I lost seven or eight antique collectible guns. And the Lord gave them back to me. And the Lord told me one day, He said, you go sell every gun you got. He said, there's guns you ain't put your hands on six, seven years. He said, you go sell every gun you got. Don't you touch a dime of it. He said, you put every bit of it in missions. Man, I mean, I had bills I had to pay. And I went one time, sold about, I guess, probably $2,000-plus worth of guns. And the Lord said, you give every bit of it. Told me who to give it to. Said, let them go win souls. I said, but God, <laughs> I said, I got bills. He said, you do what I tell you. And I did, and man, God broke that thing and flipped it in a heartbeat. And things just started turning around, didn't he? Well, we had to walk that out. Nobody knew. We didn't tell nobody. We didn't tell nobody what was going through, what we was dealing with. But God knew. Amen? And God started providing. I appreciate the Lord. Hallelujah. Anyone need prayer? Are you enjoying this word? Amen. Praise God. I, I, I'm going to set the offering buckets down here. If you got something to help with the meeting, because I know we're going to be you know, running up a bigger light bill, but that's all right. If you got something you can help in the meeting, uh, I'm going to put a bucket over here for the church. I'm going to put a bucket on this side if you got something you want to help me with. See, I firmly believe the Word. The Bible says the labor is worthy of his hire. And I ain't bringing y'all leftovers. I'm bringing you something fresh off the altar. Amen? This ain't... Burger King, you don't get it your way. You get it God's way. And this is for missions if y'all want to. I know Sister Sheila Austin's fixing to go to Ukraine. We're going to help her. And we got a call from Sister Angela Abraham Sunday morning that my interpreter that I use when I go to India, his wife had a heart attack and died and yanked about 45. And uh, she called me several months back, and he had diabetes real bad, and he lost his sight. Good interpreter. And so I told him, I said, we'll be getting something up to send to the family to help him because he got, he got two teenage sons. His wife was a nurse. But heart trouble's real prominent in India because of all the pollution. And, and I mean, there's a lot of people over there have heart trouble. And most people over there don't live 55, 60 years old. I mean, we had a man that we worked with in the 90s and, he opened a lot of doors for us and helped us get crusades in some big cities. And I think he'd like 65, 66. He died of heart trouble. So people over there don't live long because all, all the pollution, it, it affects them. But y'all pray. His name is Ashok. Y'all pray for him because he's, he's lost his eyesight and now he's lost his wife. And he's got, I know he's got, uh, he got three or four kids, but I think two of them done grown and the, his boys are older. But, he don't have nobody to help him now. And I was in the meeting in 94. You know, over there, they arrange marriages. They still arrange marriages over there. And I was in the meeting in 94, and he was interpreting. And I was there after the service when he, him and his wife met for the first time. 
I was there when he first saw her. And he fell in love with her. They fell in, in, in the good people. They loved God. But, you know, God has a reason for all these things. Don't know why. So if you got something you want to help, just stand on your feet and come bring an offering. Uh, and y'all pray for these people. Just do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. That's all I'm asking you to do. Because I appreciate the Lord. I appreciate these services. And I believe they fix and get gooder and gooder. <laughs> How many of y'all believe these fix and get gooder and gooder? Hallelujah. Come on in the honor of the Lord tonight. I thank God for His goodness. I've enjoyed this service tonight. Man, I was excited about this service all day. I was. Because the Lord dealt with me, and I'm telling y'all, there's something going to be imparted into God's people that are really hungry. There's something going to be imparted in this meeting. That's the reason I tell him, I tell him Brother Elder, last night, I said, man, I'm going to pray you can get in every service. I said, there's service I don't think you can get in. I'm going to ask God to let your truck break down, just let you sit on the side of the road. So he got out in Carrollton today, and his truck didn't break down, but the forklift did. So he had to wait two hours to get unloaded, and he couldn't get back in time. So I'm going to have to explain to the Lord, I don't want his forklift to break down. I'm going to let his truck break down. That way, he can get in earlier. But y'all pray for him, because he wants to be here. He really does. But, you know, he gets up, what, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, heads up. He gets up about 4.30, something to 5, and heads to, heads to work. And a lot of times he don't get in 6.30, 7 o'clock. So I'm still believing God's going to give him a better job, just like he did Brother Thomas Quentin. I mean, just, I don't know. They probably had service tonight. I think they had service Tuesday night on Victory Hall, or they used to. But anyway, y'all pray for them. Hopefully they'll get in on this because this word's rich. Amen. Anybody else? Let's ask God to bless this. Father, in the name of Jesus, God bless this. Sanctify it. Let it be used for your glory. God, give us your strength, your wisdom, your understanding. Bless the sacrifice. Bless the giving. In Jesus' name. Lisa, come on in. Dismiss. Appreciate the Lord. God bless y'all. And those of y'all that's fixed food so far, thank you. And uh, I don't want y'all to fix a lot because I don't want anything to get wasted. So uh, my wife said we got a lot tonight. So y'all let us eat on it a couple of days before y'all go and fix anything else. Because I, I, I can't stand. I was raised, you don't waste food. I mean, kids today, they don't, but I was raised, you don't waste nothing. That's just the way I was raised. And I can't stand see food thrown in the garbage can. You know. Leftovers. <laughs> God bless y'all. I love you. Praise the Lord. I enjoyed that word tonight. I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed what? last night. I wasn't here, but I got to listen. And I'm excited about what he's going to, he just builds layer upon layer upon layer. And, you know, we're getting ready to uh, dismiss. And I, Sister Kathy got talking about what happened to her, and I, I, I failed to mention um, my mom and I at the hospital today when the surgeon came out and, you know, told us everything, you know, had gone well. And I, I told that man, and I, I know I give God the honor and glory, but I said, I just got to hug your neck. I mean, I just felt, you know, you, 
he, you know, it was his, you know, he was this, you know, whatever. He had really taken good care of him, and I was just so thankful. And Mama, we hugged, you know, hugged, hugged his neck, and we went back and sat down, and we just got really overcome with emotion. Mama, it's been a long trial. It's been a long, and I guess the pressure to this is the last procedure. Now he can just get better, and it just like it just broke off of her. And people were looking at us, and I said, let's go to the chapel. I'm telling you, God visited us in that chapel. And I didn't even think about that. She got so overcome with the Spirit of God in there. And I forgot to tell about that. It was so beautiful, and we just stayed in there because nobody's ever in the chapel. And we stayed in there till the second surgeon called. you know. But we just stayed there all that time. And she was just overcome. She says, I, she said, feel like God's visiting me. I feel like I'm in a visitation. And I said, go with it. You are, and it's great. And But isn't that so beautiful? God's This is so real, what God's doing. It's so real. doesn't matter where we are. I knew we'd do better in the chapel than in that waiting room, though. I did know that. Because <laughs> you could just release to the Lord. But I'm telling you, don't let it get by when your hour comes. And so I just, I'm thankful. I give God honor and praise. Let's just be dismissed. God, I love you and I praise you. I honor you, God. I honor you. I honor you, Lord. God, you open our eyes, God, and you be with us tonight, God. Let this spirit continue to work within us, God. I want every one of us, each one of us, to get exactly what you have prepared for us, God. I want each one of us to possess it. And I want us to come forth in your kingdom. I feel it, God. I feel it. I feel that manifestation coming. And I be with us as we go our ways. In Jesus' name, amen.